I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the elders, their wisdom, their knowing and my own elders and teachers. Another one of our Mama Q episodes where one of our amazing coaching trainers inside the Mama Rising certification joins me live as we listen to one of your questions that you have submitted about any part of your life really, about matrescence, motherhood, marriage, anything in between. Today I am joined by the amazing Linda Anderson. Linda has been a life coach for nearly 20 years, working with mothers exclusively for about 10. She is a mother herself of three girls, 14, 12 and 10 now, and has trained coaches and is obviously now one of our trainers inside our coaching school. Thank you for joining me, Linda. Thank you for having me. This question we have that uh, has been sent through by Kate. I have to say, we got three different versions of this question from three different mothers. Three different versions of asking, what about teenagers? What about later in life? And as someone who is a mother of 14, 12 and 10 year old girls, I knew you would be the perfect one (laughs) to talk to about this. I think I'm going to learn some things in this conversation. But first, let's listen to what she had to say. Okay. Hello, my name's Kate and I have a question about the lifespan of matrescence. So I understand that matrescence is something that can be really helpful to understand your experience when you first become a mum. But what about when you have teenage kids? How could I use matrescence as a lens through which to understand how I'm feeling with teenage children? I know, Amy, you have teenage children, so I'd love to hear um, some practical examples of how you use matrescence to um, live well with teenage kids. And, um, yeah, I wonder just what your opinion is on the lifespan of matrescence. Okay, I look forward to hearing from you. Oh, it's such a good question and something we talk about. Yeah, it's something we talk about a lot in the training of this definition of matrescence in terms of a timeline. I'll start by answering very practically straight away. 
that um, I learnt the theory and understanding of matrescence from Dr. Aurelie Athen at Columbia University, and I asked her a similar question in the work I started to do with her many years ago, and she and her answer was, "We don't really have a defining timeline of matrescence yet because we're still very much understanding what this is." She said, "But if you ask me personally, matrescence never ends." And I think that's, you know, top line answer. That's how I feel about it. What about you, Linda? A hundred percent. And I was um, just reflecting as I was listening to that about uh, the definition that you use within Mama Rising about matrescence. And I'm not going to get this word for word, but in essence, you know, what you say is that matrescence is the transformation of a woman as she moves through motherhood. And that word through is really critical to me because it's not just moving into motherhood. It's not just having a new baby, that early months or the first 12 months. Moving through motherhood includes moving through motherhood with teenagers. Yeah. And beyond. We haven't got to. I just think (laughs) it keeps unfolding. We keep unfolding through this. And that's the key. Yeah, I think Kate's words are so beautiful. How can matrescence help me understand what's happening now I have teenagers is basically what she's asking. She said how to live well with teenagers within myself. It was a beautiful <laughs> word. I, I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, how do we do that, I was Linda? Like, how could I live well with my teenagers? <laughs> But if we do use the lens of matrescence, so basically what we mean by that is matrescence is an understanding, as you said, of the transformation we experience as we move through being a mama. And really, as we all know, motherhood is not a static experience. You don't get to a point and it just stays the same. And the lens of matrescence, the understanding of matrescence, allows us to understand that that means we too will continue to change in our role. Our identity will change. How we feel about work will change. How we feel about our body, our relationships, the world. All of this continues to change as our experience of motherhood changes. Absolutely. And I know that for me, one of the... One of the core elements of my own matrescence journey, and so even before I knew that's what I was experiencing, it's always been around my identity, how I see myself, who I was, who I am now. Do those things fight against each other or do I feel at peace with the transition? And so when I think about this lens of matrescence now that I have teenagers, for me personally it becomes that reflection of how, who am I now? Yes. in this journey within myself and also in relationship to my children and how is that evolving and how do I remain with a sense of peace in that because that's the most powerful thing that matrescence has given me, the knowledge of matrescence, is I've stopped fighting myself. I've stopped struggling to remain who I was, who I believed mm. I should be, and I can be more accepting of the changes and observing them and going, gosh, how interesting, one of my favourite words, how interesting that now that I'm in this phase of motherhood, I see myself like this. 
That's right. And really, the gift of this word, of this theory, is that this is not something we are automatically. We don't always automatically know who we are or how to deal with the next stage of motherhood. Just as Dana Raphael, who first coined the word matrescence, said, as she defined it back in the 70s, that this is the this is the time where a woman is a is becoming a mother. There's this becoming period. And so if we're looking at it that way, then at every stage we're becoming a different version of who we need to be. But we've never done this before. We've never been a parent of this teenager before, even if we've been a parent to another teenager. At every stage it's new and we don't necessarily know how to do this, what to feel about it, stuff it up, we try the wrong things, we do all of that. And as you said, this theory gives us so much grace and kindness and compassion for ourselves that this is a new version of motherhood I am trying to understand here and give ourselves a little bit more grace around that. And the other element when we're talking about teenagers is, of course, they are going through, right, their own <laughs> massive Adolescence. Hello. So they are going through. Now, admittedly, theirs has an end point, thank goodness. Um, but so not only are we navigating our own shifts and changes, we're also holding a space for these young human beings having their own first experience of transition. Um, and I think in some ways it's so beautiful because I know for myself I think I hold more empathy and compassion for my daughters through the lens of matrescence, through the, the lens that I've given myself of kindness and compassion, and I think that helps me hold their space more oh, kindly. So true. Yes, I completely agree with that because of the opportunity I've had to really look at how I'm changing, be kind with myself, realign myself to who I want to be and not just assume I'm going to go back to who I used to be. All of those practices I've used over the last 15 years now has absolutely made me, I believe, more able to be present with the adolescent version of identity <laughs> changes that we experience. It is very much um, one of the best parenting tools I think we can have going into adolescence is to have done some of this for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that I think is really great for us to explore and perhaps explain a bit, Linda, is this idea of the cascade of motherhood, as we call it in Mama Rising, which is whatever wherever in your life you first feel these changes of who you are because either you're wanting to have a baby, you've just found out you're pregnant, maybe you've just had a baby and you're starting to recognise, oh, this is different than I thought it would be or my friends feel different now or I didn't feel the same way about my job all of a sudden. No matter where it starts, it is inevitable that it will cascade into all the different areas of your life, as we like to say. Matrescence touches all parts of you, every single part of your identity, your physical self, your hormonal self, your brain, your relationships, how you view the world. 
will all be viewed differently once you enter matrescence. I think it's really great perhaps for us to remember that when we're going into the teenage years or whatever next stage of motherhood we're entering is to again remind ourselves that perhaps this is a chance for us to look at all of those areas. I think sometimes we are okay with the changes in our children and how we parent them but it's the changes in other parts of our life that are the harder ones. Like, for example, what I'm thinking of here, you think that by the time they're teenagers, you may have more freedom. They would be more independent by now, that you would be, you know, a lot more carefree or maybe there's more money by now or holidays would be different or there's some things that you were holding on to that you thought would be a particular way when you get to these stages of parenthood. And it's not... It's different than you thought. Or perhaps your marriage hasn't changed the way you thought it would by now. Or your career still doesn't feel the way you thought it would. And the lens of matrescence allows us to understand that everything is connected, you know, and each of these stages is a chance for us to look at these areas of our life and redefine them, perhaps look at them, reflect on them, and decide who you are at this time of your life again. I just had this funny um, image of a 1970s toy that I don't even know is real. I just Maybe I'm muddling up a few different toys because it started with the kaleidoscope. You know, you look through them like, oh, that's yes. not the toy I want. But I'm actually thinking there was like a plastic camera and it had like a wheel that you would rotate and had different oh, yes. coloured cellophane. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm kind of imagining you know, this cascade of, of motherhood and matrescence being like that toy and that you flick to the next colour and you look at what's on the other side through that yes. lens, through that colour, and then we flick yes. it again and go, oh, it's different now. And yet what's on the other side is the same, whether it be work, relationships, you know, whatever, whatever. But but we flick it around yes. and see it through a different lens. I don't know what that offers us other than, you know, it's continually changing. It's a continually different perspective. But, the, you know, there's something in that, I think. There is. I think what it offers us is a reminder that we have to, the way I see this in my mind, thank you for that beautiful <laughs> image, is that we have to keep scrolling through mm. and have a look at all these different areas because often we sort of focus in on parenting and think, oh, everything else is fine over here. And actually, no, it's the whole wheel that we have to check in with. You know, we might be feeling great about how we're raising our teenagers and we're not looking over here to see how we're feeling about our own worthiness in the world or our own joy and fun and freedom that we thought we'd have back by now and actually we don't at all. This is the opportunity of matrescence, I think, is that it's an acknowledgement that We are always changing and evolving and each time our children change and evolve, we in turn will need to change and evolve and that's okay. It's actually a good thing. And secondly, we will never go back to who we were and I feel perhaps in a very long-winded way what I was trying to say is As a parent of teenagers, and in particular of a teenager who has needed so much more support than I ever expected, Mm. the lens of matrescence has allowed me to 
not be attached to to the way I thought it would be Mm. or my expectations of what it would mean for me. I've had to really redefine what this time in my life looks like in terms of the time and energy that parenting still is needed from me. And what does that mean for my career, my relationships, my health, myself, all of that. Mm. And we often talk, you know, in the work that we do about the gap between the expectations that we hold of a particular time in our life and then whatever is served up in reality and whatever that gap in between is, is where we are at risk of feeling trauma, tension, pain, Mm-hmm. Resentment, anger, Resentment, all of anger, it. All of it. And so, um, you know, our ability to let go of some of that expectation and be more accepting of it, of it just being as it is and knowing yes. that that's okay immediately reduces that gap and reduces the, the of, of everything that sits in the middle, you know. That's it. And allowing ourselves to grieve that it wasn't what we thought it would be. Mm. You know, it didn't live up to that story or that it is more challenging than we thought or Mm. one particular child isn't able to, you know, do something that they were hoping to. Whatever it looks like, I think Mm. in our work, um, a lot of what we talk about as well is allowing ourselves to grieve the loss of who we used to be and also not get too attached to the expectations of who we're going to become. So it's really sort of staying here in this moment. This is, it is what it is. How can I do the best I can for them? But also what does this mean for me? How have you found the uh, matrescence of teenage daughters so far? Uh, I I feel like for me, I mean, one of the things I was saying before was that it's given me a lens and a compassion for their own transition, so that's been very powerful. Mm. Um, I feel like also I'm just feeling so much more at peace with myself. It's like a new level of maturity of my matrescence, but it's a, a far more peaceful evolution and that I'm more accepting of the fact that I am changing whereas you know in earlier years I really fought against the changes and part of that comes from the teenagers but part of that also just comes from the number of years that my my brain my body my emotions have been integrating this knowledge and so I think that yes. makes a difference as well mm-hmm. um and I especially because I'm a mother of daughters I have this huge kind of fascination with offering them a lens of me that becomes how they see the way mm-hmm. they grow up and to be a woman, which, which sometimes I have to, like, again, I have to let go of this sense of expectation and pressure within myself that somehow I have this responsibility to, you know, grow these girls into young women who know all these things that I never knew and I have to let go of that and just say, you know, I'm just offering new perspectives, new lenses and whatever's there is there. So, yeah, that's a big thing for me, I think. Yes, I agree. And I think there's um, – we're so aware – aren't we? We're so aware 
of what's out there in the big wide world and um, there's a level of preparation we want to put in place for these children, our girls and our boys. Um, and also just stepping back, I have found that a, a challenge to, to know that I've done enough, it's all good, mm. the universe has got her back as well as my back and everything will be okay, and imparting what I need to impart. I've found the biggest challenge for um, not now, but as my, because mine are now 15, 13 and 9, mm-hmm. as my eldest started, you know, entering sort of 11, 12, 13 years old um, and school bullying came up, issues around how she was feeling about herself started to emerge, especially around school, um, school friends. I really had to work on myself to not go into my own trauma story there. Mm-hmm. and panic and overcomplicate things and think, oh, oh, my God, it's going to be the same thing that I experienced at school and, oh, this is what you need to know and this is how you have to deal with it and really um, be there for her and hear her story rather than bring my own story to this. I think that has been one of the biggest challenges for me um, having teenagers is uh, my teenagers were awful and I so desperately don't want their teenage years to be bad. But I was bringing, like, not just a bag of luggage, I was bringing a whole truck of luggage with me in those conversations and I needed to learn how to not do that. Mm, that's really big. Uh, thinking about what else matrescence brings at this age, I was thinking the other day about uh, we talk a lot about how self-silencing shows up for women how that is reflected within our matrescence journey and my eldest daughter recently had an experience at school where up until very up until this year all her core subjects were in girl only classrooms mm-hmm. um, even though it's a co-ed school and so and she's a girl who has a lot of questions about everything and she always asks these questions and her teachers are always saying oh, it's so amazing that she asks all these questions and don't ever let that stop. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Um, and then this year, she's suddenly in mixed classes and she enters the classrooms with the same voice and the same questions, but suddenly there's a different reaction. Suddenly, right, there are some voices and behaviours in the classroom that made her feel little, that made her feel like she wanted to swallow her voice. And as a mother in this work, I just went, Oh, this is where it begins. Oh. And what was so powerful though was this ability to have a conversation with her about this moment and what it could mean and how important it was not to allow this changing dynamic to shrink her voice. And she was really quite upset, you know, initially. Uh, and so, you know, it was great. We got to tap into a teacher at school that she has a great relationship with and messaged and said, she just needs a bit of us. <laughs> you got this talk. Can you have time with her? And within days, she's back in there. She's voice. She's great. But I look at that and I think it's only because, and I'll say this, it is only because of the work that I have done in Matrescence and with River Mama Rising and these conversations about how we have taken a cultural pathway of self-silencing and now how we're undoing that. It's only because of that that I could see it, name it, and give her some tools to bypass 20 years of unravelling, right? 
And oh. so that's really powerful for them. Oh, absolutely. I've got goosebumps all over my body. This imagine. Oh, imagine if that's what we could do. One of the things we say a lot is matrescence of the spiritual awakening is an opportunity for a spiritual awakening. And what we mean by that is that we really begin to um, shift these core beliefs in ourselves and, and see things in a different way. And therefore, we then get to pass this on to the next generation. These generational stories of being the good girl and keeping silent or holding yourself back for others or whatever it is, whatever your flavour of that is, through the lens of this matrescence work of looking at how has motherhood changed me? What does it mean for me as a woman, as a lover, as a career woman, as a friend, as a sister, as a Christian, whatever it is that you identify as? How is this changing because of my experience of motherhood? And in there, find all of these insights, and then we get to pass that on to our kids. I mean, how profound is that? what it's all about I think (laughs) amazing Linda thank you so much this was a really beautiful conversation and insight thank you thank you for having me I've enjoyed exploring this topic (laughs) I know if you have a question you would like to send in for one of our coaching trainers and myself to answer please jump on my website amytonyfaz.com forward slash podcast and a little video will pop up that ask you to send in a question for us. We would love to hear whatever you would like to ask us. Thanks again, Linda. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you next week. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.